What is going on, everybody? I am Joe Szymanski, a.k.a. The Wild Man. And I'm Zach Duncan, a.k.a. Z-Donks. And we are here with episode three of our podcast, Z-Donks and The Wild Man. And this week, a lot to unload. The NFL playoff picture now officially set after week 17. Zach, why don't you start us off with our first game of the week? All right, the first game we covered, uh, Dallas and the New York Giants. Dallas won this one 36-35. Dallas is now the NFC East champions. Dak Prescott, 27-44, 387 yards, four touchdowns, no picks. Rod Smith, 12 carries, 35 yards, a tutty. Blake Jarwin, surprisingly, had a nice game. Seven receptions, 119 yards, three touchdowns. Cole Beasley with the last-minute snag. Six receptions, nine four yards, touchdown. Eli Manning, 24-41 for 301 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. Saquon, 17 carries, 109 yards. He's really having a year. And a touchdown. And Evan Ingram, five receptions, 81 yards, and a touchdown. Yeah. So, Dallas, a good win in clinch of the season. Get the double-digit wins. Uh, it's a, maybe a good thing for both teams. Uh, Dallas gets a double-digit wins. Uh, clinches that hold on the division, obviously. Gives them that solid go and momentum into their home playoff game coming up next week. Absolutely. <coughs> Against, I believe, the Seahawks, correct? Yep. Dallas will play Seattle. At home. At home in t- Dallas next week while the Giants get some chance to prove upon their draft position. Uh, a little bit better this year for the Giants. 5-11 and 11 compared to last year's. I believe it was a 3-13 and 13 season. They need a quarterback. They might they address do. that. And that was the thing. I uh, was what I was going to go into, honestly. Uh, you know, it was just a season where the Giants, we thought they had potential. I think a lot of us did. A lot of us thought they had some potential, but... They have key players. They have... Evan Ingram is a very good tight end. The The O-line obviously also needs some work on, which is why I think a lot of people were saying if the Giants are going to take a quarterback... Uh, a lot of people are saying we should get Dwayne Haskins because of his uh, mobile. He's him and Greer are like the mobile, only two options. Mobile ability. And a lot of people are saying, well, Greer might doesn't have the arm strength to be a top-round quarterback. So a lot of people are saying Haskins is the guy. A lot of people are saying with that, I believe, set at the seventh over, sixth or seventh overall pick, I believe it's the sixth overall pick, uh, that the New York Giants should take Dwayne Haskins. What do you think about that, Zach? The idea the Giants should take Dwayne Haskins. Do you think that's the right move? That Jags move? fan, I'm, I'm hoping they go O-line and they might snag and. Offensive tackle. Uh, I um, think the big one is Robinson, correct? I forget which, yeah. which college he's from, but I believe Greg Robinson is the name of the best tackle known so in the draft. I saw a couple mock drafts. Uh, they were looking at a tackle, but mm-hmm. this game honestly didn't really matter. If you yep. watched it, great game. If you it was fun. It, if you didn't watch it, it wouldn't have mattered. It was just yeah. a great game of football. Well, great way to end the year for both teams. Yeah. Uh, and that's enough said about that game. Yeah, so let's go to what was probably one of the biggest games in the AFC uh, this past week. The Cleveland Browns going to Baltimore with a chance to have their first winning record since the 2006-2007 season. Uh, they go into Baltimore and just fall short. Baltimore taking the 26-24 victory officially clinching the AFC How does that make you feel as a North, Steelers fan? Uh, yeah, you know, that's a bit rough, obviously. I'm not going to blame the Browns for anything, though. <laughs> it happens. Uh, you know, it, the, I'm not going to blame the Browns for the fact we didn't make the playoffs. We put ourselves in a position that we shouldn't have been in. I'm not going to blame on the Browns and what was obviously a hugely successful season for them. Absolutely. Uh, Baker Mayfield, potential offensive rookie of the year. I'm a 23 for 42, 376 yards, three TDs. Three picks, but he also 
And this surprised me, and I don't, I don't think anyone would have expected to see a Cleveland Browns quarterback at the top of this list. Yeah. But Baker Mayfield has officially broken rookie the passing. record for rookie passing touchdowns in the season. Uh, yep. Something I don't think anyone would ever expect to see a Cleveland Browns quarterback on, but Baker Mayfield has done so. And uh, another big performer for the Browns, uh, Jarvis Landry. Uh, five receptions for 102 yards and a touchdown, but on the winning end, Lamar Jackson, while he was only 14 for 24 and 179 and no touchdowns to the air, didn't make any mistakes, didn't throw any picks, and he ran for two on the ground. His athleticism and his speed. That's all they need from him. Obviously, especially with players like Dixon, 12 carries for 117 yards. Rookie, no one rookie. saw the rookie coming. Uh, Baltimore, pull it out. Number one defense in the league, pull it out. Well, what was funny about this game is if you watched it, which I'm sure you were. Well, I was actually um, at, I was actually at a Hershey Bears game that really? night, okay. so I could not watch either of the two games, most, but I was following most along. Most of the NFL was watching that game, and yeah. Jim Nance stated that, and Tony Romo made a comment. It's getting eerily similar to last year, and if you're a number one defense, if you are the hype, if you are the gold standard, this time you bow up, you make the play, you send your team to the playoffs. It was looking looking kind of sketchy. I mean, again, like last year against it was Cincinnati, very similar to the rewritten script. But, but it's really interesting because on that play in Cincinnati, two what is now two years ago, uh, C.J. Mosley actually barely missed the ball, which would have been a tip yeah. on the four and twelve. He kind of he's a little bit too far in front of it. He misses the tip, and uh, right the catch goes Boyd. goes right to Tyler Boyd, who breaks it into the end zone. And but this time though Mosley, he got tips it. the ball. He gets the pick. Uh, it's huge. And Weddle people, gets that million dollar bonus. Weddle does get that million dollar bonus. But a lot of people were saying that that bowl probably would have possibly gone for a first down. Oh yeah. Probably Cleveland would have kicked the field goal. Who knows if Craig Joseph would have made the kick? But that doesn't matter anymore. Mosley's a Pro Bowl player and he made a big time play. Yeah. Browns finished at seven, eight, and one. But obviously when they were huge two, improvement, huge improvement Zero from. Wins. From uh, about one, and I believe the total was 31 in two years compared mm-hmm. to getting seven wins this year, uh, especially when they were 2-5-1 and one after the second time they played Pittsburgh this year. Fired mm-hmm. Hugh Jackson. Uh, obviously made a big difference. We'll see, though, if Greg Williams gets that head coaching job. He brings he a new will, culture. He, he new will culture. get an interview for the head coaching job. It is not certain to be his, though. Of course... That means Pittsburgh, as is our next game, Pittsburgh did beat the Cincinnati Bengals 16-13. to I think a little bit too close for Steelers fans' comfort. But uh, they get the win, finish at 9-6-1. Cincinnati, another disappointing season for them. Marvin Lewis officially gone after a lot of talk that he should have been gone after last year. But this year, he is officially gone. 6-10 uh, record. Lewis gone. From the Bengals, uh, let's see. Jeff Driscoll, obviously in for the injured, injured Andy Dalton, only 12 for 24. Only 95 yards. Doesn't even reach 90, 100 yards passing. Uh, but hitting Joe Mixon, hitting Joe Mixon gets 105 yards on 13 carries. Obviously the big focal point of their offense. Uh, he was in and out a couple of times this year. Had some, had missed some games through injury. But if you look at his stats, he's obviously a very, very liable running back in this league. Uh, ben Roethlisberger. 31 for 45, 287, a touchdown and a pick. That could have become costly, but in the end, didn't. Mm-hmm. James Conner, 14 for 69 on the ground. James Washington also over getting over 50 yards for the first time this season, getting 64 yards on three receptions. 
But of course, this game doesn't matter in the end, Zach. Steelers, uh, this game doesn't feel like it can matter. But, but, there is still hope, technically. If the Colts and the Titans tie in the Sunday night game that night, the Pittsburgh Steelers would move on to the playoffs through tiebreaker. That doesn't happen, though, of course. And so our game of the week this week, and what we all really want to talk about, Indianapolis versus Tennessee, two teams who had been fighting and battling through the whole season. The Titans, of course, I'll obviously people say turn their season around when they beat the Patriots at home in a uh, blowout. blowout. And even more than it was a blowout fashion win by the Titans. Really kind of, they were in and out every week. They were around 500. Really kind of kick-started their season, a lot of people said. A big game, and of course, and you wrote it down here, and you can make a comment on this. The Colts started 1-5 on the season. They started 1-5. And then the rest of the season, they go 9-1 the rest of the way. Yeah, Unbelievable run of form for the Indianapolis Colts. I, I mean, mean what, what do you have to say about the Colts, Zach? I mean, there's a lot to converse about the Colts. I mean, I mean sometimes you just got to get lucky. Pun intended. Yeah. Uh, Andrew Luck... Uh, he really deserves that comeback player of the year award, and he's, Huge he's, he's gonna, he's gonna get it, uh, no doubt. Yeah, well, yeah, like thirty some passing touchdowns. He had a big year, and big year. And I just, I think the Colts as a unit play together so much different when he's in as opposed to when Jacoby Brissett was over. As an AFC South uh, rival, uh, we we scout each other pretty heavily, and we know how each other plays. Uh, the Colts, they didn't. They didn't waste their first pick. They picked up Quentin Nelson, and boy, has that paid dividends. Oh, my goodness, They yes. were without their center, Ryan Kelly, <coughs> and they still had a great game on the O-line. Uh, Luck still threw a pick six to Jayon Brown, but didn't matter because they, they still they still handle business. And he is he reminds me of a, mm-hmm. kind of a combination of, of Brett Favre in the fact that he's a gunslinger. Yeah. He's a motivator, and Definitely he motivated. can carry his team no matter who's around him. Maybe a young Ben Roethlisberger, yeah. too. So maybe not the most talented roster around him. Uh, we switch up to the defensive side. I mean, they have dudes like Darius Leonard, Kenny Moore, who this ragtag team that just stepped up, and everyone's meshing right now. And I got to tell you, I would not want to play Indy in the playoffs right now. Well, you know that now they have to go tough, tough matchup against AFC South rivals Houston in Houston. Absolutely. Next this weekend, a uh, big game. But I guess t- but Titans fans, I've heard, are kind of going to put an asterisk on this one, of course. Starting quarterback Marcus Mariota, mm-hmm. out injured with some shoulder problems. Well, let me cover some of the stats from this yeah. game. Uh, Blaine Gabbert did get the start, and that was obviously a huge difference. Yeah. Uh, Andrew Luck, 24-35, 285 yards, three touchdowns, a pick. Mm-hmm. Um, Marlon Mack, 25 carries, 119 yards, a touchdown. Uh, Dontrell Inman, yeah. nice pickup from the Chargers. Uh, five receptions, 77 yards, a touchdown. Yeah, return of the Mac this season Yep, for that guy. Uh, Huge running back. Again, another running back like Joe quick. Mixon. He's quick. And they he, got, another running back like Joe Mixon who's pulled him out a solid, a very reliable, very solid season. backs like Naeem Hines. And yeah. I like the way they drafted. That's, that's all yeah. I have to say about that. Uh, Blaine Gabbert. Uh, it was not Mariota. I don't think Mariota's a franchise QB. I think he's decent at best. I think he's the quarterback who, you know, he fits. But yeah, nothing more to say about him. But Blaine Gabbert is definitely a step down, and any Titans fan will tell you this. Yes. Uh, 18-29, 165 yards, touchdown, two picks, so really a lackluster performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, Derrick Henry, kind of a locomotive train that yeah. started off slow. 
and busted out in December. Uh, a huge last month. He only month had like two the... or three touchdowns before the month of December. Then he racked up eight, which yeah. was insane. Uh, 16 carries, 93 yards, zero touchdowns. So they huge never week got for him, going. though. But, I mean, uh, you have to give credit to Derrick Henry. A huge, huge coming out performance as... With Deion Lewis as a one-two punch for the Titans, a great power back. Uh, had an amazing, amazing second half of the season, really. Uh, but again, like we mentioned, Blaine Gabber had to be the starter this week. A lot of Titans fans are going to point to that mm-hmm. as a big reason why they lost this game. I think there's a good future for the Titans. I like what Mike Vibrell is doing there. I do feel like they have more of an identity under Vibrell than what they did under uh, the former coach Mike Malarkey, who did win them a playoff game last year but was fired. In the end, I do think that locker room probably has... I feel like it has more of a culture. I do think it has a bit more of a feeling there. I think there's a lot of things... They're a tough team. They're a tough team. They're going to be tough to play. I mean, we would know. We never beat them, so... Yeah, yeah, the Jaguars (laughs) can never seem to beat the Titans, but obviously the AFC South looks to be a division that... If the Jaguars especially can get their stuff together it's next a good year, division. that is going to be a very good division for a long time. Uh, it's very exciting. A division that was kind of considered to be... Second straight year of sending two teams to mm-hmm. the playoffs. Uh, definitely, I think, a division that was kind of considered to be one of the weakest in the league. I mean, yeah. you, ha- you count the AFC East in that now, but at least the AFC East had the Patriots for so long. Uh, the South kind of considered like the weakling, especially once Peyton Manning left, and yeah. he had those seasons... Uh, they Texans never there. were able to win a playoff game in their future. Yeah. Jaguars and Titans always seemed off and on from rebuilding and also never winning playoff games, you know. A lot of struggles, but it seems like maybe they're going to click. They're going to get a playoff win this year no matter what. Either Indianapolis or Houston <laughs> has, to going, <laughs> has to happen. Either Indianapolis or Houston are going to go through one way or another. But uh, what's our next topic here, though, Zach? What do we got next All right. here? So, as you know, season is over. Regular season is over. The only teams that will be... Playing more football is the postseason mm-hmm. contenders. Uh, so let's let's break down some of the Excelsior players and uh, performances this year. Uh, mm-hmm. The passing title belonged to Big Ben Roethlisberger. He passed for five thousand one hundred twenty-nine yards. Hell of a season for Big Ben. Hell of a season for him. Uh, accuracy, I still think, is an issue for him. But passing yards, still has that arm he at the age of thirty-six. I can still throw the ball a long, <laughs> long-ass way, which is a big help towards uh, when the Steelers had success this year. Absolutely. Uh, tackle title, maybe a surprise. Darius Leonard uh, came out of nowhere, the second-round rookie. Uh, really mm-hmm. impressive. Lean mm-hmm. linebackers and league tacklers by a long shot. Oh, uh, yeah. 163 tackles. Oh, my. Uh, sack title, Aaron Donald. What a beast. 20 and a half sacks. Uh, I mean. It's insanity. What a what a player he is. What a player he is on that Rams D. Obviously the leader on that Rams defense. Could what a defensive player of the year again. It could be. I mean, seriously. He, <laughs> he stands out among so many players. And, uh, you know, he's such a talent. He is just such a talent, in my opinion, on what he does and what he can do for the Rams. He outshines decent pass rushers such as Robert Quinn and Michael Brockers and just... Makes him and players sell. like Agul, Alec Ogletree yeah. and Kendall Fuller. You know, so well, many Ogletree's play- on the Giants. Oh, that's true. Right? Well, players still, though, that, that I mean, Akib Talib's there. They have solid playmakers, and he still stands out. He, that- he is very clearly the leader of that defense and still such a young age, only still in his mid-20s. Uh, it's going to be a, almost generational talent, it feels like, in the tackle, oh, tackle position. I've never seen a D-tackle this dominant since maybe uh, – 
don't know, was Reggie White a D-end? Uh, I forget. I don't know, Zach. You know more about that stuff than I do. <laughs> but Aaron Donald uh, continues to just be an amazing player. Continues to wreak havoc, and we'll see what he does in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, the interception title was actually a three-way between Kyle Fuller, uh, DeMonte mm. Kazi on the Falcons, and then Xavier Howard on the Dolphins. I'm going to give the title to Xavier Howard uh, for seven interceptions just because he's clearly the most talented corner in that, yeah. that trio. Uh, first Pro Bowl for him. Uh, amazing season. If you watch his highlights, yeah. he's really a lockdown corner. A great pickup in the second in the second round a couple of years back by the Dolphins, obviously. Yeah. Surprised to hear a Falcon on that list, but hey, what can you do? Uh, what's the what we <laughs> no asked? one paid attention to what the yeah. Falcons did this next year. one. Okay, uh, receiving title Julio Jones. I can't <laughs> another uh, so much criticism for him coming, especially in the first half of the season, from his lack of touchdowns uh, in the um, about first eight weeks of the season. Brought that back up, caught some touchdown passes, but leads the league still in receiving yards. That does still shock me. I hear nothing of, about the Falcons. Still one of the best players, wide receivers, mm-hmm. skill players Absolutely. in the whole league, no doubt. One of the best. Uh, rushing leader, uh, Zeke took that home with 1,434 yards. And uh, that, that doesn't surprise me. me. Behind that offensive line, behind and, that uh, offense, especially once they got Amari Cooper and began to spread out that offense of theirs. Uh, huge, huge, huge year for Zeke and a big part of why Dallas got the season together. All right, the NFC East champions aren't, aren't going to the playoffs. So let's look back at the other scores this week. In Buffalo, Miami uh, got destroyed by the Bills Mafia, 42-17. to Also noted, Kyle Williams, the D-tackle, longtime veteran, Aaron his last game. game. Big props to Kyle. Finally got his first playoff game last year. Of course, did get that. Uh, didn't win it, but yes, was in a I battle. Would, I would know he did not yeah. win it. <laughs> was in a huge battle against Jacksonville last year, which was uh, an exciting a, game. Exciting game. It was a fun game, yeah. a defensive struggle. Uh you see him big in that big reaction video from that. Uh, thanks, uh, Major. Very excited to see that. He uh, saw a, it. He's, a great, he's a great pro. Uh, probably someone going to see coaching or scouting. He'll he'll probably have a role in the Bills organization going forward. But Buffalo, a good way to end the season for them. It was an up and down year for them. Josh Allen might just be the quarterback they've been looking for. Miami, it's time to change. We'll talk about that just in a few minutes. Detroit stomps. Green Bay at Lambeau Field, thirty-one to nothing. A good, a good way for first-year head coach Matt Patricia to end the season. Going into the draft, obviously he's probably going to be looking for some type of defensive player to build up that Bills defense, uh, not Bills Lions defense, and uh, <laughs> he's going to be a huge part of why. Hopefully, Detroit Bills will have some future success. The Jets, the New York J E T S Jets, fall to the New England Patriots, thirty-eight to three. The Jets fall to 4-12, and 12, another huge disappointing season for the Jets where they're expected to take a step forward. Mm-hmm. Didn't happen. Still New England's little brother by far. Your Jaguars, Zach, fall. Not with a roar, but with a whimper fall. 20-3 to three to the Houston Texans. Now, what I noticed from that game, uh, Bortles, this was his essentially last game as a Jaguar. That's what a lot of people have been saying. A it's lot of people are saying that the they are going to move can, on. Yeah. From Blake Borles offseason. Uh, Carolina uh, gets the victory over a lot of New Orleans backups. Uh, 33-14. Uh, don't look into that too much, folks. Car- New Orleans, with the first seed locked up, was playing a lot of 
backups and second stringers, especially on defense. So don't look into that scoring line too much. And one of the more exciting games of the week, Atlanta beats Tampa Bay 34-32. to Oakland gets demolished by the Kansas City Chiefs, who clinched that first seed in the AFC, uh, 35-3. Chicago ends Minnesota's playoff hopes, winning 24-10. Chicago, a great season for them, finishing 12-4. Matt Nagy, definitely a frontrunner for Coach of the Year. Philly, on the other hand, though, that means they make the playoffs. A big 24 to nothing win over the Washington Redskins. Philly gakes and sneaks into that sixth seed after Foles being left for dead. Foles is playing. He's healthy. He's in. Let's make the magic happen. The Chargers beat the Broncos 23-9. The Niners losing a barn burner to the Rams 43-32. Kittle sets the... Tight end, uh, single-season yes. receiving yards Perfect. record. And the Seahawks pull it out against the Cardinals. Uh, he is officially Arizona, officially the worst team in the NFL this year, only finishing with three wins. So let's talk about, of course, what has always happened after the NFL season, and that is Black Monday, which means today that we know coaches get fired. Axed. So obviously we've already had two. Uh, mid-season firings, the Browns and the Packers both mm-hmm. let their head coaches go uh, before the year ended. And there were six more coaches fired from the end of the season. Some surprises, some not so surprises. Uh, of course, one that was not surprising, uh, Todd Bowles yeah, of the New York Jets was gets expected. the axe. A uh, guy who seems to have fit his coordinator uh, as a coordinator much more than a head coach. Todd Bowles axed after another disappointing season as the Jets head coach after four seasons. Todd Bowles fired. He will probably try and find a job. He will probably find a job somewhere as a defensive coordinator. Uh, was a huge part in the Seahawks' success when he was there as a defensive coordinator in those two big Super Bowl seasons. But obviously a thing in the past, Bowles fired from the Jets' position. Mm-hmm. The Broncos fire Vance Joseph. Some say uh, undeserved firing maybe a little bit. You Some people it. say deserves. I did say that Vance Joseph was likely to be fired. I think I said that in both of the previous podcasts. I said that Vance Joseph was probably going to be fired. He is. A lot of Broncos fans also, though, clamoring for the head of John Elway as their kind of G- head de facto GM. Elway will stay, though, and he will lead the charge for the new head coach. A lot of names will be thrown around, but we will have the Broncos end up with a new head coach. This offseason, and the since we mentioned this earlier, Marvin Lewis out as a coach of the Cincinnati Bengals after 16 years. Marvin Lewis is fired, bringing eternal sadness to all three AFC North teams. <laughs> but the good news for you AFC North teams, uh, read a report today, sounds like Hugh Jackson is the favorite to take over in Cincinnati. Sorry, Cincinnati. Looks like your misery will continue. Uh, the Dolphins, in what was probably the most surprising move, of the uh, day, they fired head coach Adam Gase and reassigned their general manager, um, uh, Tannenbaum. Jeff Tannenbaum was reassigned to a different position within the organization. So complete organizational overhaul. Uh, I think they wanted to keep Gase, but I think they felt that the new GM wanted to have in his own guy. So Gase was also given the boot along with Tannenbaum being reassigned. Gase is probably going to be a target for some of these teams. A lot of people like his offensive mind. Uh, they think he can do great things with a quarterback. Uh, especially with young quarterbacks. Probably look at him for maybe an offensive coordinator or a, even another head coaching position. Uh, this one kind of not surprising, kind of surprising. Steve Wilkes, one and done in St. In, uh, 
Arizona after that disappointing three and thirteen season that leads to them getting the first overall pick in the draft. Steve Wilkes gone from Arizona and Dirk Cutter also gone. Had a successful first year in Tampa Bay. Uh, the last two years, not so much, though, and he gets the firing after another disappointing season in Tampa Bay. 16 years. Tampa Bay hasn't made the playoffs. That's longer than any team in the NFL. Uh, one of the longest streaks in the in the whole uh, <coughs> professional sports world. Uh, Dirk gets fired, so that brings it to eight head coaching positions that are open in the NFL. Let's see where that goes. A lot could happen. All right, on to our next. This is a little bit of a new segment uh, we created just around the controversy swirling around uh, our personal favorite teams. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm going to let go, Joe. I'm going to let Joe go first. Uh, take it away, Joe. Yeah, so ladies and gentlemen, the Pittsburgh Steelers, of course, they have missed the playoffs. So the first time, as Zach said, since 2013, the Steelers missed the playoffs, and my, oh, my, am I disappointed. And me, oh, my, has there been a lot of stuff. Coming out in the last couple of weeks, mm-hmm. last couple of days, last couple of hours. Say whatever you want. Pittsburgh has issues that aren't just on the field. Off the field, there seems to be a lot of issues too. And the big one, of course, comes from Antonio Brown, who we all thought when we heard on Sunday that he was out was with a knee injury. We're all told, pull calf. If there's a chance to make the playoffs, we want to save him. For what would be a, probably a week against the Texans. We want to, or I'm on the Chargers at home. We want to save him for that game. Want to make sure he's okay. Uh, but that doesn't seem to be the case, ladies and gentlemen. And instead, Antonio Brown decided to throw a bit of a hissy fit. And uh, missed practices from Wednesday on. Did not come to a Saturday meeting. Of course, that means you are not going to play on Sunday, sir. Some foot put, Some foot being put down. He also apparently left the game at halftime on Sunday. He did not stay to potentially celebrate with his teammates. And now there's talks that he might have demanded a trade. Some people are saying he didn't demand a trade, but he said, why don't you just expletive trade me? Uh, he apparently got in a huge fight with starting quarterback Ben Roethlisberger. And folks, this has always been the biggest problem with the Steelers for the last couple of years. It's drama, 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 drama. Let me say it again. Drama. The Pittsburgh Steelers have failed as an organization to put their foot down on some of these players and let the coaches sometimes do their job. And sometimes the coaches have expressly themselves failed with controlling the locker room. And I think this is a big reason why I believe Mike Tomlin should be fired as the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. There is no one in there. I don't think he brings order or any type of direction in the Steelers' locker room right now. I think you need someone in there like a Greg Williams who would be a hard ass on a lot of the players. And I don't think Tomlin is right now. He's a good coach. He's a player's coach. But he's obviously not what this organization needs right now. And, Zach, I don't know if you watch any of this, but um, uh, did you see any of Ryan Clark's comments no, on Scott Van Pelt's show on uh, SportsCenter? What did they say? Uh, Ryan Clark, who of course was a former safety for the Steelers, uh, made some comments about his time with Antonio Brown. And this goes back to 2012, where of course, as a lot of people know, uh, Mike Wallace uh, declined the Steelers' offer, takes the money in Miami. And uh, so, you know, that means they're going to pay Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown's going to be the guy, he's going to get paid. And Ryan Clark says to his strength coach, the Steelers' strength coach, says, hey, when you give this guy money, you're going to create a monster. 
And he goes on to say that there were some issues at practice that day, that he was yelling at former defensive coordinator Dick LeBeau about how the defense was trash and all of that stuff. A lot of people are saying, and I mean, I said on the last podcast, there are a lot of issues. I still said that, uh, you know, Mike Tomlin probably deserves to be fired if the Steelers make the playoffs. You know, there's talk, should Ben be cut from the team? Is he causing a lot of problems? Uh, Le'Veon Bell issue, uh, was that causing a lot of problems this year? But it seems to me, as an outsider looking in from the information that we've got, there are three key persons who, in my opinion, need to go from Pittsburgh in the offseason. Number one is Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin needs to go, in my opinion. He is a player who does not deserve – he's a coach who, in my opinion, no longer deserves the role as the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers anymore. The defense which he was brought in for continues to show no improvement, in my opinion. The team has no identity, except from, hey, look at all this high-end talent we got. Let's uh, chuck the ball around and see what happens. Uh, I think AB's over there. Here you go. <laughs> That's what it is, I feel like. That's all it is. That's all it is is, hey, oh, let's see. I think AB or Juju's over there. Let's let's try that out. It works a little too much. It works a little bit too much for my um, uh, doing here. You know, we have teams like the, you know, it's not a well-built machine. Talman has to go. He's just lost control of the locker room. He's lost control of his team. I think he's lost control of some of his players. It's time for him to go. I think he deserves to be fired. Along with that, according to Keith Butler, I don't think he's the main problem with these three guys. I think Keith Butler deserves to be fired as well. Number two. Uh, I think a big one needs to be fired, and or I guess let go of uh, Big Ben Roethlisberger. Really? A lot of people are going to be shocked by this, but I think Ben Roethlisberger has been a major problem. He's been given too much control of the offense, and I think he's beginning. Captain Fatfuck has let it go to his head. <laughs> Captain, Captain Fatfuck has let it go to his head. Does he have a is... big head. Let it go. He has too much control. He's calling out people on his radio show all the time. Sir, I think it's time for him to go. I think we trade him, we release him. I think we can find someone who's a game manager or another deep ball thrower who I think can do the job properly. Maybe even someone like Tyrod Taylor. I would almost rather have Tyrod Taylor as my quarterback right now than, you know, Ben Mousberg. I think Tyrod in a right system can get the job done. Number three, of course, is Antonio Brown. And I realized, like, we're saying, oh, we're still going to leave $21 million in cap room, Joe. Oh, no, that $21 million in debt. Screw the cap. Screw it. We're going to be fucking tanking in three years anyway. Tank now all you can and get rid of a guy. It's always been a huge problem. The diva. He complains when he doesn't get the ball thrown to him. He complains when he doesn't get the first touchdown in the AFC Championship game. He live streams. On Facebook Live on his phone, the locker room after the during Mike Tomlin's post game speech. He live streams those. He does stuff that obviously ruins this team. He causes drama. He's a big part of the Steelers' problem, I feel like, in my opinion. He doesn't know how to deal with his fame. And you know what? If he wants to go to San Francisco, go to San Francisco, buddy. Go to San Francisco. Get the fuck out of Pittsburgh for all I care. <laughs> And, you know, obviously, it needs to be management. We always say there's a Steeler way. Yeah. Not a Steeler way right now. When you have players like Antonio Brown and Ben Roethlisberger, get away with some of the shit that they're doing. A lot of stuff needs to train in Pittsburgh. And I hope 
for the love of God, that happens soon, or else this team is on a trail of trouble right now. All right, that's some insight. Maybe the Madden curse really is real. Oh, Lord. All right, so those were some Pittsburgh problems from Joe's point of view. And now I got my own little segment, uh, Jacksonville Jumbles. Uh, and some of the drama going around in Jacksonville uh, right now, it starts with management. Uh, Coughlin and Marone and Caldwell all keeping their jobs. I mean, I appreciate the stability, but I don't appreciate the way we're handling things. I think Coughlin should be head coach, to be honest. I feel like Marone is a bit of a coward in the way that he coaches. I feel like he's he's mild, and I feel like he's not... He's not going to go for the jugular. I mean, you saw it last year in the AFC Championship game. Yeah. Uh, we, Our game against the Patriots this year was apparently our Super Bowl because after we beat them, we had the biggest hangover I've ever fucking seen. Yeah. The whole season was a downhill slope after that. And now Fournette, his glass body, uh, he wants to go somewhere. I mean, he's not meshing with the locker room. He's creating drama. I mean... It sucks because he's our only viable option on offense. Bortles is gone. Our ragtag receivers, our tight ends are gone. I mean, we just we don't have anybody. Our O lines beat up. We're on four string right and left tackles in week seventeen. Backup center, backup guard. Our whole O line took turns getting injured this year. Fournette was out more than 10, 11 games. Uh, Keelan Cole can't catch a pass. The only bright spot, maybe, is D.D. Westbrook. That's that's it. I mean, if Fortnite wants to go, get the fuck out of Jacksonville. <coughs> I, I don't care. I don't care. I want to see this team win, put it on the defense's back, and that that's what we have to do. I mean, I'm tired I'm tired of all the whining and complaining from Ramsey and Fournette, and, you know, we got to... We got to win. I mean, you see New England, they're not flashy with it. They just win. I mean, I'd rather have win then talk you know if you need to talk to play well fine but you got to back it up and we haven't backed up any of it i mean i don't know what's more disappointing our super bowl hangover off the week two win over new england it's week two you have fucking 15 other weeks of football 14 kind of by week and you just put on autopilot you were not even supposed to be in the afc championship afc championship game last year and you Put it on cruise control. You thought, ah, no one no one can even fuck with us. We're the top team. No, it didn't work like that. You fell off because you had a target on your back. Ramsey kept running his mouth. And everyone saw that. You had some weak opponents last year. And you got exposed, Jacksonville. That's all I got to say. So, yeah. So with that, let's go into what is now the confirmed draft order for the 2019 NFL Draft. Number one, of course, goes to the St. Louis Cardinals. A lot of talk that they're going to go with Nick Bosa, number one. Number two, the San Francisco 49ers. A lot of talk around potentially training that pick. There's going to be a lot of talk about that in the coming months, probably. Number three, the New York Jets. Number four, the Raiders look for them. Also, they'll potentially be back up in the top ten. They have two other first-round picks in the low teens. They have both the Bears and the Cowboys picks. Look for them to probably maybe try and make a move there. Got the Buccaneers, number five, the Giants at number six, <coughs> overtaking Jacksonville at seven. At eight goes the Lions. Number nine are the Bills, and number ten are the Denver Broncos. That's your top ten uh, talk. Is it going to be Ed Oliver, or is it going to be Nick Bosa going number one? It's probably going to be one of those two. We'll talk about that a lot more, but for right now, that is it for episode three. The playoff field is set, and let's go, you know, real quick here. Playoff predictions. Zach, who do you think the Super Bowl is going to be between? Not your winner. 
But who do you think will come out of the AFC and the NFC? Colts and Saints. For me, it has to be, personally, I think it's going to be, I agree with you on the Saints. I don't think they're beatable at home. Absolutely the not. whole playoffs, uh, they've been proven that time and time again. For me, I like out of the AFC, I do believe we are going to see the Baltimore Ravens to my deepest sorrows. I think Baltimore with that defense pulls out a run. And if it turns out to have to be New England on the road, they're one of the only teams that have been proven in the playoffs to be able to beat them there. I think they can do it again if it comes down to that. If it's not going to be Baltimore, it's going to be the Chargers in my opinion. See what happens. Let's run it out. This has been episode three of Z Dunks and the Wild Man. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Please listen to our first two episodes if you haven't already. Keep it up. We're keeping it going. Hopefully, you'll be back in a week with Wild Card Weekend discussion. Absolutely. And Happy New Year, everybody. And Happy New Year, everyone. I am Joe Szymanski, the Wild Man. He is Zach Duncan, Z Dunks. We are Z Dunks and the Wild Man. Thank you for listening. This has been Week 17 Roundup. Everyone have a great week. Enjoy some football this weekend. Let's see what happens.